0: Okay. Yeah. Just to have that as a backup.
1: And that should get. Yeah. Yeah. That should, I'll be. I'll. You can send me your email or whatever.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, hopefully that works. And. Yeah. I guess we can just <laughs> start talking for the show. I guess. So. Okay, hi. Cool, cool. Cool. Hi. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing pretty good.
0: Good. Did you do anything interesting today? I guess. I don't no.
1: Know. I just. I just worked
0: oh that's really not fun at all i'm sorry
1: it's not even a little bit Well, yeah
0: i have work later this evening and it's like i don't want to go but i have to so whatever so yeah so people who are listening to this um assuming that anybody will listen to this podcast which i'm hoping somebody will um but for people who are listening to this, I know you because we were in a show together last winter. Yes. And that was really fun. Um, and you've been in a show since then, right?
1: I've been in a few, yeah. What,
0: what have you, A few? What have you been in?
1: Uh, we just finished uh, A View from the Bridge by Arthur Miller over at Ghent Playhouse. Oh, that's cool. I am currently in The Elephant Man oh. at Sand Lake.
0: Oh, that's cool. And
1: I'm I'm slated to be in Broadway Bound at Curtain Call Nice. in September.
0: Nice. That's cool. Awesome. Yeah, I haven't done any shows, but good for you. That's cool. So, by the way, do you want me to call you Anthony or Tony? Because I can't even remember what I call you. Anthony's fine. Anthony, okay. (laughs) Awesome. So, we're here to talk about a question that you sent me in a DM when we were talking about what we were thinking about discussing I'm saying about so many times oh my god <laughs> um we were just going to, eh, we had a dm and you suggested that we could discuss if we thought the country was becoming more progressive and um since I'm a member of generation z and you're a millennial we thought that would be like something good to have a perspective on so right um I guess my first question is I have had this thought earlier. Can you think of anything, like, really big that happened in the year you were born that sort of shaped culture going
2: forward?
1: Um, in the year I was born, I, I don't know specifically about the year, but I know that Clinton's whole impeachment scandal was very close to that time period. Mm-hmm. Um... I feel that that was a pretty big moment because there have been very few impeachments in the history of the country.
0: Right, like the only one was Andrew Johnson and then presumably Nixon would have been, but he resigned. Nixon,
1: but he resigned, and then Clinton, mm-hmm. the only three in the country's history so far.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean that's becoming like relevant now because, you know, people are always talking about past impeachments when they're talking about if they were to impeach Donald Trump, so.
1: Right. hmm
0: That's interesting. So that wasn't the year you were born, but it was around the same time?
1: It, it was around the same time period. I was born 97. That wasn't until, I want to say 98
0: or 99. hmm Cool. Yeah, I mean, for me, the obvious one is 9-11, which was... Right. I was two months old, and so I don't remember anything. Do you remember 9-11? You were, what, five? I was... Four? Six?
1: Four turning five, okay. I think. So, so I, was, I, was, I was right around that age. I was still very young, but I do distinctly remember the towers coming down. Mm-hmm. That, that's a memory that I have. It's a very vague memory, and I don't remember... I, I wasn't in school at the time. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't remember where I was or anything like that, but I... I distinctly remember seeing the towers come down on tv
0: okay yeah i don't remember anything i actually didn't watch the video of the towers coming down that was on like the news until i was i want to say 15 or 16 not -hmm. because like i didn't know what had happened i just never watched the videos until i was right because i don't remember it at all but it you know it reshaped Apparently. I mean, I don't understand it as a reshaping, but it changed security and, I guess, everything. So I've just grown the, up
1: in that. The zeitgeist of the country definitely changed very, very significantly mm-hmm. following mm-hmm.
0: 9-11. Right. And, like, for me, it's just the way it's always been and, like, how I've grown up. It's always been, like, you know, heavy security at airports and every 9-11 people are, like, doing all these memorial tributes and it's things that weren't the norm I guess before right. that time so, so those are some I mean obviously really significant culture things and what's kind of interesting is both of them are becoming more talked about now in our mm-hmm. current political climate like people are always talking about impeachment and national security um, so that's interesting to me yeah. <laughs> um, I guess another question I wanted to ask, as we're talking about um, is the country becoming more progressive, do you feel like as you've gotten older, do you feel like you yourself have become more progressive?
1: Oh, very much so. Mhm. Very much so. I grew up in a very conservative area and a very conservative family. Okay. And uh, one of the things that I've actually kind of been keeping track of uh, since the 2016 election is – just how far left I've been moving. Really? So I've been I've been going under like the political compass and taking that quiz.
0: Oh, you do that? I do that too. <laughs>
1: like every six months. So now I have a, a chart. Oh. Uh, that that's physically showed me how my views on things have changed over oh. the past. At this point, three years.
2: Mhm.
0: And so, like, where did you start, and where are you now?
1: I started a bit more center. Mm-hmm. Like, left-leaning center. um, And now I'm significantly more left than I was okay. even three years ago. And even before that, uh, I think that there are a good number of alternative realities where I'm a full-blown Trump supporter. Because, <laughs> um, like, growing up, I was very much a, I identified as a Republican. I grew up in a relatively religious household. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't really until I started getting involved with theater and started, Mm
2: -hmm. I
1: guess, expanding out beyond what I had experienced in the past that I really started to become more and more progressive.
0: Mm -hmm. That's so interesting because it was getting into theater that started me becoming more progressive too. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, I actually think that I would agree with that. that There's like probably some other reality where I'm a Trump supporter, (laughs) which feels weird to think. But um, yeah, for me the catalyst of me becoming more progressive was I joined a youth in government program where I met a lot of much more liberal teenagers. Um, But then also I got into musical theater and um, I started following like actors, especially like Lin-Manuel Miranda and you know, like Jonathan Groff and Idina Menzel and all these like Andrew Rennell's famous theater people that I got interested in and like they were fairly progressive and i used to think like when i was more conservative that all progressive people were sort of evil but i was like Mm -hmm. Lin-Manuel Miranda isn't evil he's awesome (laughs) and so i had to sort of reconsider my beliefs so yeah that's interesting but not everybody is into musical theater (laughs) but I still feel like a lot of people that I know that I grew up with are becoming more progressive too. So Mm -hmm. I don't know why that is. I don't know. Do you have any ideas? Any
1: thoughts? It's kind of interesting to me because I kind of feel the opposite. I feel like a lot of people that I grew up with are more conservative now. Hmm. I feel like, and I guess sort of why I wanted to talk about this to begin with, because I feel like we have very different outlooks on this. I feel like, in general, we're becoming less progressive.
2: Hmm. Okay.
1: Um, And at least in my, my experience, a lot of the people that I've interacted with have either remained consistently conservative or have drifted more conservative.
2: Hmm.
0: That's interesting. Do you think that the reason for that is that somebody who's like pegged their support on Trump is going to keep their support on Trump and that like Trump is moving the conservative needle right like could that be a reason for that maybe
1: I feel like well because I I feel like at this point it's fairly common knowledge that Bernie Sanders and AOC have moved the Democratic Party more left right right and I feel like Donald Trump's influence on politics has moved the GOP further right Mm -hmm. Uh, the Senate now is vastly more right wing than they were right even three years ago Mm -hmm. Um, the Republican members of the House there are less of them but they are more right wing than they were okay yeah I see and I feel like a lot of more moderate senators and and, uh, representatives have just kind of been forced out of politics at this point
0: yeah yeah I get I get that because um, I think that the country has become more divided, most people would agree with that, to left and right, but it feels like it's also become more divided towards like extreme left and extreme right. So mm-hmm. people in the middle kind of get lost a little bit there, I guess. But um, I noticed you mentioned that a lot of the Senate has become more conservative and a lot of the, um, the House has become more liberal. Um, and what's interesting about that to me is that the House is elected on a smaller scale. That's why there's more Mm -hmm. of them, like they're elected district-wide instead of statewide. And Mm -hmm. so like, to me, that kind of, well, the way I interpreted that, and maybe that's an incorrect way to interpret it, it, but the way that I interpreted it was that because um, the House was being elected on a more, I guess, personal scale, you could say, demonstrates that people in um, communities on a smaller level were moving more left. That was my takeaway from that, but that might not be the correct takeaway from that. I don't know.
1: So I've, like, when you look at the maps of the midterm elections and even the 2016 election, you'll see it it follows the trend that liberals tend to congregate more in urban centers. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, in in that sense, the it does I guess lead credence to that mm-hmm. because you have a higher concentration of liberals in New York City and L A. and in Austin, Texas. And <sighs> um, so, based on that, you would imagine that the Senate would be more likely to have swung left, while the House remained right. So, I guess in that in that perspective, that I can see where you're coming from. Mm-hmm
0: yeah I, I don't know i mean i live in a fairly liberal district but it was represented by it, i just totally messed up my words it was represented Wendy, by um john faso who was a mm. republican and, I mean, you live here too, right? You remember Don yes. Faso, But now... Yeah, I,
1: I, I voted for Delgado.
0: Yeah, I wish I had been able to vote so I could vote for Delgado. I still remember all of the ads that they ran that were like, Antonio Delgado can't be our voice in Congress. And then they would show up I,
1: I had a lot of fun. I knew people who, like, campaigned for Faso.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and they would, like, go into, like, the call centers and make phone calls and put out signs. And- mm-hmm. The whole couple months leading up, they were, like, promoting FASO on their Instagram. And the day of the polls, they put out uh, an Instagram poll for FASO versus Delgado. Mm -hmm. And I will never forget this as long as I live. FASO lost that poll 30% to 70%.
0: (laughs) I love it. That's great. No, I hated that time period of... The 2018 election because the ads that they ran were just so insufferable and like right. annoying and like even the ones that they ran against Faso they had like that pink banner and it was like promises matter unless you're John Faso and it was very frustrating to listen to.
1: American politics are definitely uh, mm-hmm. definitely very toxic. Yeah
0: yeah definitely but um, but to me I was like I thought that Faso was going to win because I actually mm. hadn't really found any polls back then, so I wish I'd seen that poll. But um, I thought he was going to win because a lot of the people that I know who live in this district aren't really so much the Albany people as much as like the more upstate E people, and all of right. them are very um, conservative. Like I go to this Christian homeschool group, and everybody there. Um, is very conservative and i know a lot more of them so i guess just based on the people that i knew in this district which is probably all things considered not a very big number but i thought faso was going to win and then my friend texted me because she knew how much i hated him and she was like hey good news faso lost and i was like really i'm so excited it was great yeah so for me i feel like a lot of the people that i knew and grew up with are becoming more liberal you feel like a lot of people that you know and grew up with are becoming more conservative do you Mm -hmm. have any guesses like why that might be or um other than the fact that they like supported trump or do you think that that's the sole
1: factor i i I definitely don't think it's the sole factor i think it's an important one Mm -hmm. um i feel like i guess i i also tend to associate with older people in their you know late 20s and up. Mm-hmm. Uh and I feel like a lot of those people have been moving further right. I don't like I said I don't think that it's exclusively because of Donald Trump. I feel that there's a lot of factors at play.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly what those factors are, I'm not 100% certain. Okay. I feel like it it may involve uh sort of a backlash against Sanders's brand of democratic socialism. I feel like socialism is still a very dirty word in this country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. With and I that. feel like just this sort of twenty five and under surge of socialism in the in the United States has I feel like might have pushed a lot of older people further right. Hmm. That that may be a contributing factor.
0: That's interesting. See, I'm not a socialist. Um, I'm just I don't really follow economics politics as much as I probably should. Um, but I'm not a socialist. I'm just an anti capitalist. So. I, when I'm thinking about people who I know that are conservative, as opposed to people I know who are liberal, I'm usually thinking of it more in terms of social issues. And I think that those have changed a lot in the past Mm -hmm. few years. I mean, like you've had, you know, the Me Too movement and we've had um, a lot of diversity introduced into government. And I mean, that's been very recent in 2018. And, you know, gay marriage was legalized and all of these more socially liberal things are happening. And so for me, I feel like me and my friends who are sort of growing up in that are seeing that and seeing that as a positive thing. But somebody who's more rooted in an, I guess, older tradition might not see it that way.
1: Well, I I, I think it's... It's interesting to me that you bring up, like, recent shifts in social outlook. Mm-hmm. Um, because, especially very recently, within the last maybe six months, I feel that there's been a really hard right-wing push. Yeah. Um, I mean, just this year, we've had seven states pass really restrictive abortion laws. Yes. We've had, uh, obviously, the... border separation that happened that
0: was awful to watch we
1: have um at I've I've read some articles about uh like gay and uh lesbian couples out of the out of the states who adopt children but or have surrogate children and those children are not considered American citizens Mm -hmm. despite the fact that they're born on American soil or by American parents overseas right um, and so I feel like a lot of that, a lot of those factors have, like I said, in the very recent past, within the last six months, I feel like it's been very worrying to me. I feel like it's, it could be very indicative of a larger right-wing push.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely see what you're saying about that. Um, and I think that the reason for that, based on, I mean, this is probably, I'm going to say probably a fair estimate, but some people might not think it is. But I'm going to say that I would s- feel like the reason that there is this right-wing push as you describe it is because um, the republican party has so much power in the government right now like they control the supreme court and the senate and the executive branch and Mm -hmm. so um, i feel like that probably is what's giving it the um push so to speak um but yeah i mean also in addition to those things i heard that Ugh, this is why I need to write things down when I hear them I heard that one state I don't, I don't remember which one but one of the states in the south was considering banning gay and lesbian couples from adopting children altogether so mm-hmm. that's obviously like that's a big yikes so um, so I mean I'm definitely concerned seeing all these things but at the same time being so young it feels like The only thing that I can do is, you know, call senators, but most of the New York senators and the aforementioned Antonio Delgado are already um, liberal, and so I'm not sure that telling somebody, like, support this thing that you're already going to support really feels like making a change, you know? Right. So for me, I feel like I want to be voting. But then I think back about 2016 and even 2018, how there was, like, voter suppression and i'm like is my vote even going to matter because <laughs> we have the electoral college so
1: the electoral college is a that's a whole other can of worms exactly <laughs> i've been i've been very opposed to the electoral college uh, even before donald trump mm-hmm. won it's a in my opinion it's a very flawed system
2: right yeah i mean
0: when i was in uh debate class at the consortium that i mentioned before we were learning about the electoral college and i was thinking to myself i was like maybe 14 15 at the time i was thinking like this really doesn't seem fair and my teacher explained like well you know if um we didn't have the electoral college then people in the big cities would just get to decide all of our elections for us and i thought about it and i'm like yeah but the states that are most influential to the votes already kind of decide our elections for us and it's like right the big cities are people so
1: land doesn't vote people vote right so I feel like that's a very poor argument exactly I don't I don't feel like states necessarily should be the ones who pick the president. I feel like mm-hmm. people should be um, That being said, I'm not necessarily in favor of a full-blown direct democracy. Mm-hmm. Because I've I've met people, and they're stupid, <laughs> and I don't I don't want people making laws like that. That that that's not great.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: We just passed six 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 bars in <laughs> GarageBand, just so you know. That interesting thing. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, also when talking about the Electoral College, and when talking about a lot of things in American democracy or government you have to remember that um, not you specifically but like people in general have to remember that a lot of the decisions that people are willing to fight and die on were decisions that were made by a bunch of white guys who thought that a slave was three-fifths of a person back in a time when a gun could only fire three rounds per minute and there were only 13 states so you know historical context is important
1: the the electoral college I think was a very good system in the time it was made, because trying to count that many votes by hand on a national level... Oh, yeah. ...even with just the 13 colonies would be nearly impossible. Yeah, without question. But today, with computers and light-speed communications, it's not... Mm-hmm. It, that becomes a non-issue. Right. And again, uh, these the Electoral College was built with the predication that the only people who would be voting were land-owning white men. Mm. Um. So it's not... It's a very outdated system that had a purpose Mm -hmm. whether or not that purpose was necessarily just is a different discussion Mm -hmm. but i I definitely feel like it's it's high time to get rid of the college right and just have an election like every other first world country (laughs) on the planet
0: (laughs) yeah i mean actually um on the word well the two words of first world country that's three words oh my god on the three words of first world country that made me think of something that i read earlier today um, and it's like the United States is one of the only countries that doesn't provide paid maternal leave. And so, like, if you look around, we're actually significantly behind a lot of first world countries. In well, we are. In some pretty significant things, right? But then you hear people say, like, the United States is the greatest country in the world. And I'm like, are we, though?
1: Basically, America made some really big progressive strides in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. Mm-hmm. And then we stopped for about 40 years. Right. And now we're here, and everybody else has gotten ahead of us.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, statistically, some of the only things that we are leading in is, like, the number of deaths from mass shootings and the number of adults that believe in angels. And I don't really think that we're leading. And
1: military spending.
0: Yeah, and military spending. And I don't really we think are, that we're leading, leading. by a very
1: large margin there.
0: Yeah. And I don't really think that we're leading in anything that is important i'm not saying it's bad to like believe in angels or have a strong military but i think that like if those are the things that we're leading in then we probably need to shift our priorities um and especially military spending because like they don't need that much money who needs that much money to go kill a bunch of other people what
1: it is I, i i can't speak this is this is very anecdotal and speculative but i feel like a lot of people assume that our military budget goes to like paying soldiers Mm-hmm. Which it doesn't. it doesn't. Most of that money goes to corporations like Boeing to build more battleships and more jet planes and more. Mm-hmm. I just said jet planes. I hate myself.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, but so that 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 money doesn't go to the boots in the ground. It goes to the executives in the offices mm-hmm. of Boeing and Goldman Sachs, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Right, and that's something I sort of mentioned in my last um, segment that money is being vastly distributed towards large corporations and wealthy people, like, to a degree that it's not beneficial for anybody except those people. I mentioned in my second episode, which I just released earlier today, because we're recording this on a Friday. But, um, But, yeah, that's a big problem across the board, honestly. And I think that maybe that's why like, going back to what you mentioned earlier, that maybe that is why socialism is becoming such a talking point and such a significant thing to the degree it is. Because, you know, the under 25 people have grown up in this climate where a small amount of people owns a large amount of wealth. And we're going to have to, like, be in student debt for our entire lives to go to college. And we're like, right. hey, this kind of isn't fair, you know.
1: Right. Right.
0: So we're talking about is America becoming more progressive? I gotta, I want to sort of switch gears and ask, I mean, what seems like an obvious question, but hopefully, we can talk about the nuances of it. Like, if America is becoming more progressive, or if it isn't, should America becoming more progr- be becoming more progressive?
1: I, I think absolutely yes. Mm-hmm. I feel like countries becoming more progressive is almost inevitable Mm -hmm. uh, over large spans of time. Right. And I feel like, especially just based on how fast technology is progressing, we're going to have to start making some very progressive strides in things like equal pay and Mm -hmm. ensuring Mm -hmm. that people are, like, basic universal healthcare and basic income, um, environmental stuff. I mean, even if we ignore as far as uh, the environment, like alternative energy, goes. If we ignore the environmental impacts of fossil fuels, mm-hmm. which we shouldn't, because the planet's dying.
2: Yeah, yep.
1: But even if we ignore that, we're gonna run out of fossil fuels in maybe fifty or sixty years.
0: That soon, really?
1: It most of the estimates are putting it within the next century. Oh
0: wow, I did not know that.
1: By like, I've I've seen estimates around twenty seventy five. Wow. Cause we so. When and if the day comes when we are out of fossil fuels, we need to have in place strong infrastructure mm-hmm. to handle the burden of our energy needs because they're only going to go up.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We're not going to be – we're never going to be using less energy until we're out of it. Right. So transitioning into solar wind or even clean nuclear is going to be essential strictly from an economic perspective –
0: Right. And then in terms of socially progressive, um, I I would say that the country does need to become more progressive because everybody should just Mm -hmm. be treated like, I I don't want to say everybody should be treated the same because that implies that everybody is the same and like we're not, we're all different, but everybody I think should be given the same opportunities and chance and, you know, rights and treatment.
1: Um, there's, a, there's, def- there's a certain, like, sect of, like, egalitarians who believe that everybody is inherently identical, which I Yeah, I don't
0: with. like that either.
1: But I do believe that everybody deserves the same rights. Right. And there should be, there should never be a situation where one person is given something, just because of, like, the position of their birth or mm-hmm. who their parents are or how much money they have. I feel like everybody should be treated equally in every aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether that's who gets drafted or who, um, is allowed to have medical care, mm-hmm. uh, who gets to go to college, everybody should have the same opportunity. Right,
0: right. And I think that, um, for me, I would say that treating everybody um, equally doesn't necessarily mean treating them identically, like. Mm-hmm like, for example, if somebody has a wheelchair, then they're obviously going to be needing different, um, different things than I am. First of all, they're going to be needing a wheelchair. And like, if insurance gives them a wheelchair, but also gives me a wheelchair, I'm like, this has no purpose, because I'm, don't require a wheelchair. And, you know, you could be giving this to somebody else. So, um, and I think that that's something that Isn't really recognized especially by the right because I hear people say things like um, you know well you have it's it's illegal to pay women differently than men so what are you still fighting for like yes it's illegal but it still happens or um, gay people are allowed to get married so what are you still fighting for like they can get married but that doesn't mean that they necessarily are treated the same as heterosexual couples so that's something that also needs to change going forward for the country to become more progressive, and why it should because, you know, everybody should be able to just live their life and chill and be happy. Right. Um, and then another question in the terms of is the country becoming more, more eh, is the country becoming more progressive? Should the country become more progressive? What do you think is the biggest obstacle to the country becoming progressive
1: baby boomers
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> like i know that that's i know that that's horrible but like
0: no i mean you're not wrong
1: <laughs> i'm not wrong um uh, because like while there are definitely sects of young people out in the streets. Most of the Nazis, most of the, the like modern day Nazis, are under thirty. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely disconcerting. Uh, um, yes. But I feel like, as far as actual policy changes go, the baby boomers are currently the people in positions of power, mm-hmm. and they're all conservative. Right. That's not. That's not necessarily true, but they're at the very least right of center.
0: Right. And I mean, it's when somebody is. At the age that they are, it's very difficult to get them to change a belief that they've had all their lives, especially right. in this climate that you and I have grown up in that's changing so, 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 so quickly. Um, and I feel like somebody who's had a long-held conservative belief their whole life isn't going to want to change it very quickly. So, right. Um, but obviously, we can't just wait around for all of the baby boomers to die. That would be kind of horrible. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, so how do you feel like we can continue to progress?
1: I feel like moving forward immediately, um, at least in my opinion, some of the major strategies that the Democrats are going to have to start taking is focusing more on economics. Mm-hmm. Why is that? I feel like the left, well, the left has been focusing very heavily on social issues for the last decade or so. Right. Um, which, as as important as those issues are, I feel like a lot of the push against the Democrats mm-hmm. with Trump and with the midterms and with the rise of the alt-right has been primarily against those social issues. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think by any means that we should stop fighting for those issues. Like, we should still be fighting for same-sex marriage and we should still be fighting for, um, you know, uh, the end of systemic racism. Right. I feel like there's going to be a need for more pushes towards economically disenfranchised people mm-hmm. because those were the people who won Trump the election. Mm-hmm. People who felt like they were severely hurt by the 2008 financial crisis mm-hmm. and were mostly ignored by the Obama administration. Right. Uh, families of coal miners, families of you know, factory workers who have had their jobs shipped overseas. So I feel like the Democrats are going to have to really, really push hard to get those people. And I think that the only way to get to those people is by showing them that their economic policies work better. Mm -hmm.
0: That's really smart, actually. (laughs) And that's really interesting. And I mean, I guess a lot of times I feel like social issues are rooted in economic causes, such as, Mm -hmm. you know, wealth variance. Like if somebody is in a low-income income income family it's harder for them to get access to college and education and insurance and whatever so it just creates like this vicious cycle right so that's awesome (laughs) I really I like that I like that a lot okay so I just have one more question and sure. this is the closing question. I decided I was going to ask all of my guest speakers, assuming I ever get another guest speaker. Um, but I've loved talking to you today, so I'd love to have you back on the show at some point. But um, my last question is sort of switching topics a little bit. It is, what is the best book you've ever read and why?
1: 1984.
0: Okay. <laughs> that was a quick answer. Okay, and why?
1: Um, for one, Orwell is just an excellent writer. Agreed um but i know that this this is set of 1984 in literally every decade since it was published mm-hmm. but the warnings that that book presents in its fictionalized world are very real threats
2: mm-hmm.
1: and i feel like everybody should at least read it once oh yeah i feel like it is a extremely culturally significant book and I feel like the the issues and threats that it presents are very real especially in today's age it's uh, today's age of mass surveillance yeah and, definitely um, so I, I definitely feel like that's something that people should read and absorb and sort of reflect and sort of see the potential ways that society could collapse in on itself mm-hmm
0: that's a good pick. I also really love 1984. So, awesome. Well, Anthony, thank you so much for coming on the show with me today.
1: Of course. You're very welcome.
0: Okay, and I'll text you the link for the audio file, uh, for the email where you can send me your audio file, and this should go Perfect. up about a week from now. So, Awesome. Great. All right. Thank you so much.
1: You're very welcome. All right. Bye. Bye
0: way she sees it podcast was created hosted and produced by me hg warner our logo was designed by robin koshnya to find out more about us visit us on twitter at way pod or on instagram at the way she sees it pod if you enjoyed the show please consider leaving us a review on itunes to help us grow and reach more audiences thanks and we'll be back in a week with another episode